clearly I've been uh, rusty and I'm like, what, what am I doing now? <laughs> Song we all know and love. Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf English. That's right folks, officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast. I'm your host Richard Carmen. We are back for another great season and hope you're excited as we are. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club and get their point of view and bring you game highlights. As always, joining me on the show is co-host of not only this great show, but also the Kings of Breakfast podcast, Jack Mangan. <laughs> how, you, how was your summer, Jack? It's going well. How's it going, Richard? Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been some summer. We had a, a World Cup, apparently, and uh, a bunch of Something transfers. Something like that, yeah. It's been uh, mighty, mighty crazy. Uh, uh, from transfers to uh, players leaving... Former players moving on, uh, players who wished would have stayed moved on. People came back from loan. It's been just crazy. Uh, other than that, your summer's pretty good, huh? Yeah, you know, especially in World Cup summers, it feels like uh, soccer doesn't take a break at all, which is definitely a good thing from my perspective. But yes. uh, you know, I was, you know, sad to to leave the podcast behind for the summer. But I think we've kind of kept busy with everything else that's going on, and uh, now that we're back, definitely a lot to talk about. Yeah, and uh, we've both been. We we both try to take a break from it, but we both have been on podcasts. Uh, we've been on the Kings of Europe podcast, another podcast, other great podcasts. Uh, you, I know, have been more busy than I have. So um, I guess you just kept you kept the uh, mojo going through the summer. I guess. Yeah, I got to stay in uh, playing shape, right? There you go. <laughs> Preseason mode, full on. You're ready. Yeah, we'll see. I guess. <laughs> All right. So on this one, uh, for a brief podcast rundown, uh, we're gonna talk about the Schalke players who were at the World Cup and how do they do. We will talk about the transfer market for Schalke thus far. Uh, we will also talk about the DFB Pokal matchup against FC Schweinfurt 05. Um, that's August 17th, I believe. And then we'll round out with the uh, the Twitter question that we asked, uh, asked Schalke fans where they think Schalke will finish this season. Um, hey, for old time's sake, let's say, let's get it going. Let's take it away. So, Schalke players at the World Cup. Um, from what I'm trying to remember out of, out of my mind, and it's it's early Saturday morning, earlier even for you, Jack, uh, the players that I remember that were at the World Cup were Amin Harid from Morocco, who had an interesting summer. 
We can get to that as well. Brielle Ambolo for Switzerland and Salif Sane for Senegal. Uh, it was, was am I missing anybody else? Those are the three that stand out to me. There might have been somebody else, but I think those are the, the the main ones for sure. All right, let's go in reverse order because we got the new man Salif Sane who uh, who played for Senegal. Um, and, uh, yeah, he had a very good, I thought at least, uh, he had a good, uh, World Cup performance. Him and, uh, his, uh, shutdown partner of, uh, Kaladu Kalubali from Napoli. They were playing very well together, I thought. And Senegal, uh, played very attractive football. Uh, it was unfortunate that they missed out on, uh, the second round, but, uh, I thought Sane did very, very well. What'd you think? I did too, and I was really looking forward uh, to watching some of Senegal's matches just because it was an opportunity to get a look at Salif Sané before he's wearing a, a Schalke jersey for us. So I, I really enjoyed that. Unfortunately uh, for both him and Harit, they did not advance to uh, the knockout rounds, which is, uh, you know, we wanted to see as much of them as possible, obviously, but definitely a good tournament for Sané. Yeah, definitely, uh, both defensively and also on the offensive end on set pieces. You can see him going for headers. Uh, it's I know I'm salivating at the at the prospect. Yeah, that that Sane Naldo combination is just going to be nasty. I don't think. Yeah, no one's going to win a header against us all year, basically. What do you think the over under is on um, more more uh, heading heading goals than last year off of set pieces? Oh, I don't know. We had quite a bit last year. Yeah, that's tough to replicate. But uh, I think you'd like our chances given this signing. We'll call it a push. How about that? Yeah, that that works. (laughs) All right, next uh, we're going to talk about is Brielle Mbolo for Switzerland. He did make it to the second round. Um, he mostly came on as a substitute off the bench. Um, he did, I think, have a couple of starts, but um, he was pretty much what he was in the regular season, and he was kind of that impact player and the speed and um, causing havoc at times, um, but not as consistent as uh, we were hoping that he could get. What did you make of his uh, performance? Definitely got a lot of playing time, though, uh, particularly yeah. on a team as good as as Switzerland. That's encouraging to see. Uh, he was pretty consistently picked off the bench later in games to kind of get the match and shake things up. And I think you saw the last match that Switzerland played. I forget if that was against Denmark or somebody else. But um, that attack had been very stagnant. And they brought uh, Mbolo on late, and he was kind of playing off the shoulder on the left-hand side. And uh, suddenly it seemed like every ball was going through him, and he was really looking dangerous. Uh, yeah. He still lacked the final product in terms of sometimes dribbling himself into trouble rather than playing a pass, that sort of thing. And that's the kind of stuff we've seen from him so far uh, for a lot of his career. Uh, hopefully he can kind of move past that. But uh, it was still encouraging to see him getting playing time for uh, that good of a squad on, on that big of a stage. And he, uh, he definitely was making an impact when he was on there. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, and that's that's a welcome sight for sure to see uh the impact that the balls kept going to him and he kept going to obviously they're trying to feed off of him and they're hoping that that spark that he would lead him to a goal. And yeah, it, overall, I think he did well. Um, it would be nice to see him start every game, but Hey, their, their team is loaded. Like Jack said. So, um, overall good performance by him and he did not get injured, which is a great, great thing to hear. Um, lastly, let's talk about Amin Harit first, his performance in the world cup. Um, we didn't see much of him, did we? I believe he started the first match and then did not make an appearance either starting or off the bench in the final two, which to me was very surprising because I thought he looked pretty good in the first match. Uh, there was a couple moments early in the first half where he just, you know, juke some defenders out of their shoes as he is, uh, you know, typically doing a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. And that was, I thought that w- this tournament could have potentially not that we expected Morocco to go that far so that he wouldn't be you know, on the stage that long, but I expected this to maybe be an opportunity for some people who hadn't seen him 
uh, to really get a good look at him, and that just didn't really happen for whatever reason, which was kind of disappointing. Uh, but then obviously the bigger news moving past the World Cup is when he returned to his home nation of Morocco yeah. following the World Cup. Uh, he was involved in an accident uh, where uh, a car that he was driving struck and killed a pedestrian. Uh, and there was some initial reports that uh, some high speeds may have been involved, kind of a reckless driving situation. There's even some reports that he had maybe for the scene initially. Uh, so very worrying stuff. I, I haven't followed up on exactly what the situation ended up being with how that crash came to occur, but uh, it, it looked like his, his season and potentially his entire career was going to be in jeopardy maybe as a result of this. Obviously, that's secondary to uh, the human cost involved in this because this is you know, an absolute tragedy for this individual and this individual's family, um, you know, really unfortunate and kind of senseless way uh, to pass. But um, ultimately, ultimately, uh, Harit was sentenced to, I believe, four months in prison, but the judge gave him a suspended sentence. So he is currently on probation and was allowed to return to uh, Schalke training. And as long as he uh, finishes his probationary period without incident, it's likely that that original sentence will just kind of be waived and um he won't have to serve in any prison time but um that was a huge off-season story and uh you know we we you know hearts go out to the family of this man and then um you know even to a lesser extent you know we hope that uh, harit is okay because that's got to be uh, a traumatic experience for him as well being involved in something like that yeah and that something like that can affect your performance uh, from there on out um, yeah, the stories were just so conflicting. With, we never were sure what was really happening there. Some stories were saying that his younger brother, who was underage, had been driving because uh, he was drinking or something. Uh, yeah, all these different stories. Uh, I think the, the final the final thing that they really end up saying was that it was Harit who was driving, not his younger brother. But yeah, I heard. I also heard the stories that he had fled, but he turned himself in afterward, immediately after. And then, um, yeah, it was just back and forth. I mean, I think if he hadn't been a, uh, a soccer player world soccer player he'd probably be in jail right now honestly but um and that's that's just how it is in, in life unfortunately but i mean it's good for him that nobody i mean it sucks that the person died i mean obviously that's that's number one you you said it absolutely um but like also harit he's mentally he's uh how does how is he gonna handle it we'll see you know the season coming up um uh, preseason i should say how is he doing with that i know that the team welcomed him back with open arms and whatnot but um, it's still just a, uh, it's a crazy, crazy thing that happened over there in Morocco. And I guess he was in a Ferrari or one of, one of his Lamborghinis or one of the, I don't know what he was driving, but yeah, just a, just a really unfortunate situation. And, and hopefully you know, everything works out for, for him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the best young talents in the Bundesliga last yes. season, very big signing for Schalke. And that would have obviously been a, a very big loss if we weren't able to, uh, have him going into the year. But, um, I mean, yeah, a lot of question marks at the moment about his his mental state and everything. So, you know, just best wishes to everybody involved, I guess. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to a better topic, and that is transfer market. Um, well, sometimes it's better, not always. Uh, with all the rumors that go around, it gives you headaches, every, you know, every now and then. So, but let's talk about what we know so far. We think is confirmed. Um, we'll stop with the with the the four main ones that we know are definite, um, and we'll talk about each of them. The four main ones I'm talking about. Uh, Salif Sane, from, we got him from Hanover 96. Mark Uth, that we got from Hoffenheim. Omar Mascarel, we got from Real Madrid. And uh, Suat Serdar from Mainz. 
Um, first off, we yeah we talked a little bit about Salif Sane. Um, how about the other three? How familiar are you with them, and what are you expecting to see from the, from Mascarell, Uth, and uh, Serdar? So Mascarell, uh, previously of Real Madrid, Eintracht Frankfurt, most recently. So that's somebody that we've definitely seen. Yes, uh, in the Bundesliga, somebody that we're pretty familiar with. Uh, I think it's a good pickup. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, going into this off season, we knew that one of the main points uh, of emphasis had to be strengthening the midfield with the departures of both Leon Goretzka and uh, Max Meyer, which we will, I'm sure, get to in a minute here. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think Mascarell is a, a, a very good signing. Um, Suat Serdar as well, uh, you know, young player, uh, has had some experience with the, uh, the German uh, international ranks at the youth level. Um, so somebody who's highly thought of down there at points in his career, put in some good performances for Mainz. Um, kind of looking to see what he can develop into. Uh, he's still pretty young, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, what kind of ceiling he has, but uh, I, I think the big signing for everybody outside of Salif Sane, which we've which we've already kind of discussed, is is Marco for sure. Uh, excellent season for Hoffenheim last year, and uh, given the offensive struggles that we had, I think this is arguably the most important signing that we made. Um, if he can kind of continue the form that he had last year, this could prove to be huge for us because he was banging him in with regularity. And that's, uh, you know, no disrespect to Bergstaller or anything like that. But uh, Bergstaller can't do it alone. Bergstaller is going to give you, you know, 10, 12, maybe 15 goals a season. And right. you really need somebody else up top who can who can contribute there. Um, you know, Franco DeSanto wasn't able to score, I think, more than five goals last year. Um, and Bolo is, is getting better, but still isn't a consistent goal scorer either. We really needed that. And I'm hoping Mark Uth can provide that. And if he does excellent signing. No, I, I couldn't have said it better. That's, um, uh, those are two signings or all four signings are that I'm really looking forward to, especially Mark Uth. He's also very versatile and he's played, I think on the wing and a little bit of attacking midfielder for Hoffenheim. So the versatility can, can give Tedesco some, uh, some flexibility in what he wants to do. I mean, if sometimes he wants to start Bergstaller, he could put, you know, Uth up there as well, either on the wing or behind him, or, you know, he can do an array of different things. And hopefully this will help with the offensive side of the game because we know defensively they're really good. Uh, but offensively is where they struggle. And like you said, they're, they're lacking goals. And w- what we need is goals. And Uth, Uth should provide that. Um, and I, I'm salivating at the prospect of seeing him score some goals. Um, we saw he scored what first preseason game he, or first game he scored played for Schalke in the preseason he scored so um, yeah definitely seemed like he got off to uh, a quick start you can't take too much stock in what's going on in the preseason obviously no, but no. Uh, you love to see him get on the score sheet early uh, that's always good for a striker's confidence so Bundesliga.com had a uh, brief synopsis on the four players mentioned right there and I'll read a really quick uh, as you said um, Omar Mascarell uh, from Eintracht Frankfurt defensive midfielder um, you know what we can expect from him. He's a robust shield in front of the back line, who's able to launch attacks from deep. Uh, it's very necessary, especially since we lost Max Meyer uh, to Crystal Palace. But we'll get to that. Um, this is what Bundesliga.com says: the fact that Schalke souped for Mascarell, despite the Spaniard being restricted to just nine Bundesliga outings for Frankfurt in 2017-18 due to a foot injury, is indicative of just how highly regarded he is. In need of reinforcement in central midfield following the departures of both Max Meyer and Leon Goretzka, they now have a ready-made replacement. Um, and that's exactly what we're looking for. Um, you know, the he's a former Real Madrid Academy player, and he excelled in, in, in that kind of position and reading of the game. Um, he's always in the right place at the right time. It's kind of why Real Madrid picked him up. And his vision, 
he should be a a quality asset for for Schalke if he stays healthy, which we we expect he will be. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited about him, and uh, I, I really can't wait for him to get get on the pitch and and do his thing. Um, Salif Sane is another one, center back from 196. Um, he sh- what we can expect from him is being a no nonsense partner for no nonsense partner for Naldo and a another heading threat as we mentioned er, uh, before. Um, last year he finished the uh, last year's campaign with the second meanest defense in the league, just 37 conceded all all season. Um, I think only Naldo had less than him. Um, he's won more aerial do du- du- more aerial duels to 25 than any other player in the Bundesliga. And his tally of 432 tackles, one overall, was only bested by Augsburg's Kyobi. Um, so he is a, a stout defender. I think he's even versatile enough to play defensive midfield if we need him. But with the picks of Serdar and uh, Mascarell, I don't think Tedesco will put him in that position. Do you? I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting whether or not he's going to be... Because he, he can play center back, too. I mean, it, I, I don't know how he's going to be deployed. I think this entire midfield situation is actually kind of cloudy at the moment. Um I'd like to talk about that once you finish kind of going over these players. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because it, 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 it does get interesting. Um, real quick, uh, on Mark Uth, Bundesliga.com says, despite qualifying for the UEFA Champions League with Hoffenheim, um, Schalke found that uh, the fact that Schalke only found the net 53 times, the lowest of any side in the top six, which we've talked about at great, great lengths, uh, was a cause of concern. So, furthermore, only 27 of those goals came from open play, which is why Mark Uth has been brought in uh he may look harmless like a boy next door type but he's absolutely lethal and around the penalty box and has ended up hoffenheim's sharpest shooter last term with 14 goals um like we said that's some something we're looking for we need someone who can who's clinical who can, in front of the net who can finish uh every time and and be that threat um and obviously burksteller can't do it alone and we need somebody who can who's a little bit more reliable and uh you know it's good to have the one two counterpunch as well so um big big things for him uh, that we're excited we're excited for and then the guy that you know, we we know some about, but not too great. Uh, the 21 year old midfielder from Mainz, um, Heidel again going to Mainz and picking up a, another player. Um, he's an up and coming German youth international who increasingly sets the tone in the middle of the park. Bundesliga.com says, if your first thought when reading Serger's name was uh, who, don't worry, you're probably not the only one. I don't know much about him. I, I don't think Jack knew much about him. Uh, but yet, Germany's football community has long known about the former Mainz player who has represented his country at every youth level so far. Um, if Mascarell was brought in as a replacement for the more deep-line Meyer, Serdar can be seen as the main to f- the main man to fill Goretzka's boots. Indeed, he shares the same versatility as a predecessor and is able to play in a holding midfield role as well as a more attacking one box-to-box, having done so for Mainz over the past couple seasons. Um... The addition of him and Mascarell brings up a very good point in the midfield. It's cloudy, just as you said. Um, what does Tedesco do with what he has now? Before, we had okay quality in, in midfield, right? But now we got these two guys who should they sound like starters. What happens now to the midfield? Yeah, this is the big question for me going in. And also keep in mind, uh, at least last time I checked, Johannes Geis is still with the club. He's back from his loan stint with Sevilla. And it's possible that he could be loaned out again or maybe transferred permanently. But for the moment, he's in the picture as well. So there's a lot of mouths to feed with uh, Geis, Mascarell, Suat Serdar, Salif Sané. um, Bentaleb is still around. Weston McKenney. Uh, There's a lot of players that uh, are going to need to get looks here. Obviously, with the additional... um, competition in the Champions League, there's going to be more opportunities for some rotation, but I, 
I would find it interesting if for some reason Mascarell and Serdar come in and right off the bat are like the starting six and starting eight and play the majority of the matches. I think um, so. I just don't know if I see that happening. I, I The way I've been kind of looking at it is I feel like there's going to be quite a bit of squad rotation consistently where like, you know, you're not going to really know who's going to be starting in the midfield in any particular match. Like I would be very, very surprised if there was one pairing of players that, that played like 75% of our matches this season. Um, and the other thing is as far as Weston McKenney goes, just from the American perspective, like they've been putting so many resources in to him from a marketing standpoint uh, that I would be really surprised if he was suddenly relegated to only like an occasional substitute appearance or an occasional start just because like, you know, I don't think you can continue pushing him in front of fans and everything and branding him that way if we're not going to give him playing time. So I think that's another reason why I kind of feel like maybe this is going to be a little bit of a rotation there. So it'll be really interesting to see how things shake out once the season gets started. Um, I mean, I'm not putting too much stock in, in what's happening in the preseason because I mean, the Southampton game in China, right? Like McKenney started at center back. And Mascarell and Serdar weren't even on the pitch exactly. until the second half. I mean, do you think McKenney's going to play center back all season? I, I don't. Um, no. I mean, I don't think that makes sense necessarily given the other players we have. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. Um, I, I don't know if anybody else has more insight into what's been going on in, in training or anything that maybe will give us a clearer picture of that. But uh, it's a good problem to have, I guess. It's definitely better, especially with the additional Champions League competition, to have more depth uh, rather than less. No, absolutely. Um, the only thing I worry about is what will stunt the growth of Weston McKinney by not getting enough pitch time. Um, I can I can see going both ways. He can, you know, Tedesco's definitely going to rotate. I think he what we saw last year with Tedesco for what he had for what kind of depth he had. Um, he tried to base his rotation his uh, lineup based on who he was playing and and you know whatever the weakness was. For the other team, he tried to he tried to counter that with you know the players he puts on the pitch, and I can see that happening. So it's gonna be heavy rotation. I agree with that. Um, I can see, like you said, Mascarell and and Serder, you know, starting from the get go. But I can also see that you know he has you know trust in in McKinney and maybe Ventileb or or whomever he wants to put in the middle at the beginning, and then slowly work in the other two. Uh, Tedesco is very much in the in the mindset of you have to work your way into the team. Um, you know, maybe Mark Uth will be an exception to that. We'll see. Um, it'll be hard to uh, push out the uh, his favorite player, Franco Di Santo. <laughs> but uh, well, well, hopefully, he, Di Santo gets fewer and fewer rips on the pitch. Uh, but I guess the team, as we saw this morning, has great um, love for Franco Di Santo, whether Jack likes it or not. But uh, hopefully, he can be on the bench with that kind of. Hey, love. man! New season, new me. We're gonna leave all that Franco Santo. We're gonna leave all that Franco Santo stuff in the past. I think. We'll see. <laughs> Until he starts <laughs> playing every game in the there same position and not scoring goals. <laughs> in his false defensive nine. <laughs> no, in all series, I, I love to see that. that I mean, that was, oh, that was, was a great thing to see. I mean, you talk about the, the, the squad spirit and sort of the chemistry that they had last season. Um, so for those of you who are not aware, apparently something happened at training camp today where some fan was going after um, Franco DeSanto. You know, I, I had hopped a quick flight to Austria and made it back in time for the <laughs> – no, but um, – and uh, the team rallied around him and ended up, you know, singing, uh, chanting his name and kind of dancing around the pitch. And that, you just love to see that. It, it's a great, great vibe to have going into the season. Everyone rallying around each other and supporting each other. And um, it's a great moment. 
Yeah, as much as we joke about uh, joke or not, I mean, how you want to you know, <laughs> or quote joke about uh, Franklin Santo, you shouldn't be you know saying something like that. Their players face. I mean, if you're a man enough to say that, make sure you. I hope the player beats the shit out of you. But um, yeah, you really shouldn't be talking to players like that. I mean, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but you know, to harass them like that, it's it's on call for us. What the players do, the spirit that they have is great, and I think that's that's immense going into the season because that team spirit is something that a lot of teams need to work on and build that. And Schalke clearly have that, so they're already above and beyond most teams in the, in the Bundesliga. Uh, so that that was great to see. Uh, let's move on to the rest of the signings. Um, you mentioned Johannes Geis. Uh, coming back from Sevilla, uh, Tedesco came out when he first when they first announced this that he said, you know, just like anybody else who's new, guys is gonna have to work his way into the team and and, and work his way up the ladder because a bunch of players are already there that are established, so he has to prove that he's better than them. Um, I don't like you said, I don't think he'll he'll stick around. Look for him to leave either on a transfer or or on his own accord, but. Um, I don't see him stick around unless he's content with being on the bench and be a rotation player. And at this stage of his career, maybe that's the best thing for him because uh, he has a little bit. Of a, he had a little bit of an attitude problem in the past, and he needs to be around players like Naldo and and, and Di Santo, players who are uh, well spirited that can help him uh, focus and be a better professional. What do you think? If his performances hadn't been better uh, you would almost think he'd be a ready-made replacement for Meyer at the six yeah with his skill set um and that's almost kind of what he was doing uh, a couple seasons ago prior to you know the, the shake-up at the managerial position and before this loan to Sevilla um, I just don't know if he has the quality at this point to kind of break into this lineup which was as we've already said is 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 very deep and, and given that he's been the odd man out recently you know being on loan I, I would expect that to happen I don't think Tedesco is going to look at him and say that he needs to keep him around for the purposes of depth. So I think he'll need to really impress in training in order for that to happen. And maybe he doesn't want to be here anyway. I mean, he, he said the right things in the interviews that I saw from him when he came back that he's, you know, willing to work for his spot and is looking forward to that. Uh, and that's great to hear. But uh, I think all of that kind of remains to be seen. We'll have to see what happens in the next week or so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's move on to some other players. Um, a player I am familiar with from Union Berlin, Steven Skrabinski, uh, joins uh, Schalke. He is an attacking midfielder slash striker. Um, he's a good depth player. I don't think he's going to be starting some. He scored also in his first game for, for Schalke in the preseason. Um, he adds speed. He adds, uh, I guess, uh, I don't want to say maturity, but he has uh, experience. Is what he has. He's played scored a screamer against Southampton in that in that friendly. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, uh, to 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 nail the draw for us it was an absolute rocket of a shot for him. Not that I'm expecting him to do that on a consistent basis, but quite a way to announce yourself to your new team. Good depth player. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. We now we have uh, our depth is just getting crazy now. Um, and you, like you said, we we're going to need it between a DFB Pokal, the Bundesliga, and Champions League. Uh, and we're gonna need, we need to rotate heavily, and, and so it's good to have more depth players like Skripitsky. Uh What kind of knowledge do you know about him prior to him joining Schalke? I do not follow the Svita Bundesliga as much as I should, uh, given the kind of pipeline that Schalke's had there recently, especially with teams like <laughs> Nuremberg, although they're in the they're in the Bundesliga now. Uh, so I, I had not heard of him uh, personally, um, and that's kind of been the case for a lot of these guys that we pulled up from from lower divisions. So uh, I'd kind of yield to your expertise in that. That sense. Um, if you guys haven't seen yet on Bundesliga.com, or sorry, on uh, YouTube on Schalke's, or on the Bundesliga's page, um, 
there was a uh, there was a behind the scenes of Schalke on their you know their their day with the Bundesliga, and there was a great scene with all the players. And Wes McKinney is leading the way, and he's asking Skrbitsky, he's like, "How do you say your name?" And he tells him, he goes, "Okay, I'm gonna try to spell it." And he couldn't like spell it for the life of him, and it's just so funny to see that uh, the guys are like, you know, the camaraderie's already there, but they're having fun with his last name and and poking and poking at the bear, I guess. So uh, that that was good to see. Um, speaking of an American, Haji Wright, uh, he came back from loan from Sandhausen, and uh, he is now with Schalke Zwei. Um Good to see him back. Hopefully, do you think he's going to stay at Schalke's fight? And then um, if he does, will it be good for him? Or do you see him leaving on loan again or even a permanent deal? I would love to see him go on loan somewhere else. I think I would prefer that personally from a development standpoint to playing with, you know, the Schalke 2 unit all the way down in the 5th division of, you know, the German pyramid. Uh Unfortunately, that Sandhausen loan did not go particularly well for him last season. He scored yeah. on his debut, which was excellent, you know, early in the season. But that was the only goal he ended up scoring through 15 appearances with them. And, uh, you know, there were some questions about, I, I don't know if it was like his effort or whatever. I know there were some articles that came out in, in the Rook Renda where he'd been criticized or something, maybe by his coach or whatever. But it didn't go particularly well. And uh, I think he had a trial with Union Berlin like two weeks ago. That was an unsuccessful trial as well. They didn't end up signing him on loan. So uh, I would love for that to happen. I just I just don't think there's going to be an interested party right now. He's probably going to have to play the season um, with Schalke too. Uh, and then the other guy is Donis Avdiai, who yep. has at times had some runs in the first team briefly. Like he's definitely made he's definitely broken through more than anybody else. But um, he at the moment, I think, is also down there with Haji right now. Uh, so whether or not he's going to go out alone or maybe even make a permanent move, because if I were him, I'd probably be pretty frustrated at this point that he hasn't broken through yet because of how, how long he's been waiting for that opportunity. But um, he's another guy that's potentially available for us to pull up if we need him, um, unless he goes out on loan or something. But that's another name to keep an eye on. Yeah, um, I, I I foresee Avdiyai leaving on a permanent just because, like you said, I think he, I do too. He seems like he's frustrated and he wants to play more. Um, I would like to see Haji Wright remain on Schalke too. I think he he should play in a lower Bundesliga uh, level and you know get that get that experience, get better, uh, get some confidence. He needs the confidence because that's what he's struggling with, obviously, right now. And maybe even you know become more of a professional. Uh, if he can prove that, then maybe you know Shaw could give him another opportunity, or he gets another loan spell after that. But I want to see him uh, in a lower league, trying to get his game there where he needs, where it needs to be. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. We we'll have to pay close attention to. Uh, speaking of players that are leaving, one that I'm actually sad to see go, and, and I think this is official. Uh, Luke Hemmerich uh, went to Eisenberg Au on a free, I believe, and if that's the case, that's unfortunate because. Uh, he looked like a promising youngster uh, for Schalke. I remember last year in the preseason, he did very well for them, and I was hoping that you know they'd keep him, like keep loaning him until he was ready to play on the on the senior team. But um, it looks like he's gone on free. Uh, what do you make of this? Well, he went to Al, right? So I wonder how much yeah. Tedesco had to uh, have been involved in maybe making that happen for them. There's yeah. a little connection there. Uh, yeah, you know, it's always sad when when promising youth players end up departing on a permanent basis, but. Uh, you know, sometimes that's what's got to happen. There's only so many spots available, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe if he ends up uh, performing well and making a name for himself down there, maybe Shock will buy him back or something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, there's always players that you're following that you're somewhat invested in, and then when they leave, it's 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 sad. Uh, Fabian Reza 
um, is another one, not on a permanent, but he's back out to Greater, uh, greater Firth, um, uh-huh. I believe. He was on loan there last year, and he renewed that loan, so he's back out again. Um, Bernard Tech Petty is another one. He left on a permanent to Paderborn. Um, yes. So once again, another player that's kind of been so close to kind of poking through to the first team, and then ultimately he, he leaves permanently. Um, another player that has left on a loan uh, is a new guy, Pablo Ensua. We picked up last season. He went on loan to Huesca. I would not supr- be surprised if it eventually becomes permanent, but I, you know, I still have hope for him. You would think with the signing of Sané that his chances of being a starter on the on Schalke have, would be greatly diminished. But you know, hey, if he goes out on loan, you know, performs very well. Who knows? Um, now we're gonna get to the main four that we want to talk about. Or, yeah, I guess it is four. Um, We'll start first with a player that we brought in last year on loan who we had a lot of hopes for that maybe Schalke would sign, Marco Piazza. We got him on loan from Juventus last season. Uh, he did well in his, in his appearances. Uh, he had that potential of becoming that uh, that star player or the X-Factor, kind of like a Harit. Um, so we wanted to see more of him. Unfortunately, he went back to Juventus and then made a move to Fiorentina. So, you know, any hopes that uh, you and I had... Uh, to see more of Marco Piazza is unfortunately gone by the wayside. He's now at Fiorentina. Well, we're playing a friendly against Fiorentina seven days from now, so uh, we actually will get to see more of him in a little there bit. There you go. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, just unfortunately in a different color jersey. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but um, I mean, it seems that there's so much depth coming in for Schalke. He he knew that there was going to be the the chance of more playing time would be uh, dramatically dropped. So he's like, you know, I go back to Juventus, and then Juventus moved him on because Juventus they got this guy named Ronaldo or something. I don't know. I never heard of him. Yeah, um, promising youngster, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah, a spry, spry thirty-three year old or whatever. <laughs> um, let's talk about our former captain, uh, club icon Benedict Hovides. Benny, he make, yeah, he makes an official move to Lokomotiv Moscow on a permanent. Um, good for him. Uh, good luck to him. And uh, yeah, he he had a spell with uh, Juventus last season, and now he moves on to Russia. Yeah, you know it's kind of sad. He's a World Cup winner with Germany in 2014, Schalke captain, and then kind of quickly. Uh, kind of diminishes a little bit, goes on loan to Juventus, has some injury trouble, is really just kind of a backup or rotation player there, uh, comes back and now makes a permanent move to Lokomotiv Moscow. It just seems like he's kind of fallen off pretty quickly. Um, I mean, no, no, no disrespect to Lokomotiv Moscow as a club, but um, sad to see him go. But, you know, he, he's been on Schalke forever. Uh, you know, some people just want to change the scenery after a while, experience something else before their career's over. You can't. Uh, you know, criticize him for for doing so. So, uh, best wishes to him. Uh, just thank you for everything he's done and and meant to the club. He's been a massive figure, and I'm sure he'll be welcomed back with open arms anytime he uh, he swings by. Yeah, and he actually had a uh, a, a very nice tweet this morning uh, to Schalke and Schalke fans. Uh, he talked about how you know he loved being there and and the club and the fans are great. So, um, you know, much love to him and uh, good best of luck uh, on his endeavors in Russia. Uh, so now, well, before we get to the two main elephants in the room that everyone is, I'm sure, can't wait to be talked about. Um, Koke is another player that left. Uh, he went to Levante on, a, on a, his move. He came his first year there, first game. I think he got injured. Out for the season, comes back and yeah, really of, just never got started with Schalke. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, we brought him in and it just seemed like he could never get any consistent minutes. So I'm um, glad to see that he's going somewhere else and is gonna get an opportunity to to play some more. 
Absolutely. Now to the two big uh, elephants in the room. First, we'll go with Leon Goretzka to Bayern. Um, our Marie uh, Schulte-Bochum was actually at the press conference uh, when, uh, for his introduction, so we'll get her in here at some point this season and, uh, and talk to her on uh, what she saw there and, and what she's because she's now she's in Bavaria uh, t- working over there, so uh, she'll have more insight than anybody else on that. Um, but yeah, Goretzka is finally official there. I, I read somewhere that he's hoping to become a leader there and a star player there. Uh, hopefully, you know, Kovac lets him get some game time, but we'll, that'll, that'll be remain to be seen. Well, the interesting thing about that is this Arturo Vidal news, because apparently yeah. Bayern's potentially reached an agreement with Barcelona for this transfer, and that would open up the midfield quite a bit. Not that Goretzka and Vidal are necessarily comparable players in terms of, you know, what they bring to the table, but, um, you know, Vidal's somebody who's absolutely a mainstay for Bayern, and if he's gone... That's definitely going to give Goretzka maybe a little bit more of an opportunity than he would have had already. Uh, obviously, I think they would want him to play anyway because he's a you know such a big name and a promising young star. Uh, but uh, I guess good news from the Goretzka perspective. Uh, the only other player that I think is coming back, um, Renato Sanchez from Swansea, returning from loan, so maybe he'll yes. be involved in the midfield again. Uh, Serge Gnabry as well. Um, kind of in the mix there, so we'll have to see how that shakes out. But uh, that's that's a big story over there. Uh, so that is a big story there, absolutely. But the one that we want to talk about, I'm sure, at least I do. I don't know you, Jack. Yeah. Max Meyer. Well, we talked about at the end of the season that his uh, Vitman said that Max Meyer is a world class player and needs to go to a world class club. And so he has signed with Crystal Palace, as all world class players do. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Shaka Nation's just laughing at it right now. Yeah. It's not because of Max Meyer. It's because of what Whitman turned him into, um, made him a, a, a guy that we all hated because of you know how everything transpired. But Crystal Palace, I mean, I thought he was yeah. supposed to be going so, to a world-class team. So, so first of all, no disrespect on our part to Crystal no. Palace. Crystal Palace no. is a cool club. Um, and I actually think it end up, it might end up being a good fit for him. But just the rhetoric of, of Roger Whitman. You know, claiming that Max Meyer is this world-class talent who deserves all this money would be starting for you know Barcelona or all these other big clubs. You know, he should go to the the World Cup with Germany and this and that. And uh, <laughs> on a, on a free transfer, so keep in mind, no one has to buy him or invest money in him outside of his wages, right? On a free right. transfer, it takes him like over a month to find a club. Yeah, you know, he was previously linked to Arsenal, Liverpool, all these all these big name clubs, and the only people that end up wanting him is is Crystal Palace, and you can't help feel that that's probably somewhat related to uh, the hit that his reputation has taken as a result of the way he left Schalke. You know, the things he said about the club um, and Christian Heidel bullying him, and you know these outrageous wage demands that he has for himself. Um, and so it's it's kind of funny that he ends up at a you know lower mid table. Premier League sides, a team that's sometimes involved in relegation battles, and he, yeah. uh, you know, he goes from being kind of a fan favorite and a, and a mainstay in the starting lineup for a Champions League team to potentially a relegation battle in the Premier League. Um, I mean, listen, if if all he really cared about at the end of the day was money, then I guess Rogovitman did a good job for him, and you know, hats off to both of you, and I hope you have a good time. But um, just from a career, like an optics move, this is just. It's just strange. I, I don't know. So at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I still wish him the best. And I, I think he has the potential to have a really good career. And it still has a lot of um, a little bit of a ceiling that he hasn't reached yet in terms of what he can potentially be as a player professionally. But I just I just hope that now that all this craziness is over, he can just kind of keep his head down and, and work hard and, and hopefully 
surround himself with better people because I mean the way Roger Vittman's come across in the media recently, the guy's kind of obnoxious. So um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm curious where what position he plays. Does he play the six or does he play his attacking midfielder role? I'm sh- yeah. He play, he ex- I thought he excelled in the defensive midfielder role, but maybe he sees himself as an attacking midfielder. And I'm curious. I'll, I will watch the first couple of games or so to see where he plays just out of curiosity because, uh, you know, that could tell. And if he, if he plays a defensive midfield role, he could excel. His career could take off for sure. Uh, but if he goes into attacking midfield, I don't know if he his career will have the trajectory that it would as, as a six. So it's, it's something we have to keep an eye on. Um any other transfer that you heard of or any rumors you heard of? I don't think so. I think those are kind of the main ones right there. Yeah, all 20 of them we talked about or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, Bob, of- Bob is back, which is big for us at the, yes. uh, the left back, left wing back position. Uh, get some depth there with Ochepka currently injured. Um, we'll definitely need that for the Champions League. So that's somebody else that I'm glad we'll hopefully um, we'll be seeing more of him this season than we had recently. Yeah, speaking speaking of injury, do you know how serious this injury is for Chipko? Um I didn't actually heard I, I didn't think it was it. that bad where like any significant portion of this his season's gonna be in jeopardy. But okay. um there's actually a lot of players that have gone down with injury in this training camp for whatever reason. It's kind of there's people are dropping like flies. I think Conoplianka's one, Harit's another one that both had like hamstring issues or something or they had to sit out for like a week or are gonna miss a, a majority of the training camp now. Of course our speed starts, right? You know Yeah, right. Uh, anyway, so Schalke fans, what are your thoughts on the transfer window for Schalke thus far this summer? Tell us about it at SF4 underscore podcast on Twitter. All right, before we get out of here... There's a little matter of the DFB Pokal preview to talk about on August 17th. Uh, Schalke will play against FC Schweinfurt 05 in the DFB Pokal at the Willis Sachs Stadion in Schweinfurt. Who? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, that is that is my birthday, so a great birthday gift uh, for me, having Schalke back in action in a meaningful competition. Uh, I, I would hope that this would be fairly comprehensive as last time I checked Schweinfurt is a what fourth division side I want to say yes in, uh, fourth division so, with the regional Liga Bayern so let's hope that uh, <laughs> we, they don't give us too much trouble but uh, it'll be great to see how Tedesco deploys the squad in that one I don't know if that's going to be representative of what he's going to do for most of the the season or not but you know an opportunity to see the boys in their first meaningful action of the year, I'm looking forward to it. I can very much see Tedesco using an experimental lineup with a lot of the new guys to see where they're at. Because I don't believe, I hope at least that uh, Schweinfurt are going to pose any kind of threat to Schalke. Um, yeah, they've had some. I looked at some of their scores at the end of the season last year, and they scored like four to seven goals on a lot of games. So they can score, but that's against a fourth tier um, in Bavaria. So. Uh, I don't think they're going to pose a threat. I think Schalke probably went big, and I, I can I can see an experimental lineup being used. But I guess we'll see. Uh, you never know with Tedesco. He uh, he's a, he's a thinker, so it's hard to hard to predict what he's going to do because um, he tries to throw a curveball at any time. So um, yeah. So here's a little history about Schweinfurt because I didn't know anything about them, um, and I'm sure not many people do outside of uh, their club um, or their or their league, I should say. Uh, during the late 1930s, yes, I went deep. Uh, Schweinfurt's midfielders, Albert Kitzinger and Andreas Kumpfer, 
which today are considered still two of the best halfback players of all time. Um, so that's that's something you know that's that's something to hang your hat on because uh, for a team that not many people have heard of, or at least I haven't heard of, uh, they got some players that are considered some of the best of all time in Germany. So um, you know that's interesting. I guess uh, I know that the two teams have never played each other, so uh, winner takes all in this one, right? No. Well, actually, yeah, because it's a uh, people cows and Schalke lose. It's a uh, it's all Schweinfurt. So yeah, I don't know. Um, it's uh, it should be a comfortable win. I think. Don't you agree? Yeah, I would. I would definitely hope Despite so. Despite the lineup, no matter what the lineup is, I would be worried if it wasn't. Yeah, no, no kidding. The season could be uh, interesting <laughs> going from there. So, uh, we we predict a win there. Um, before we you know we end this, I kind of want to talk about. We sent out a Twitter poll question asking what the predictions are for Schalke fans, uh, where Schalke is going to finish this season. Um, the Twitter poll went out. Let me pull it up real quick because I'm obviously on top of this right now. Da, 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 da. All right, here we go. So the question was, you know, where would Schalke finish? Your options were Bundesliga champions, second place as last year, Champions League spot, or outside the top four. All right, so the results are Bundesliga champions was selected 26% of the time. And this is, uh, we had a lot of votes in this one. Um, optimistic. Very optimistic. From, from, from Schalke Nation over here. Wow. I love it. I love it. All right, second place votes got. For second place finish, I should say, got 19% of the votes. Um, so it doesn't seem like people are as confident that we're going to repeat as runner-ups. Um, Champions League spot, 46% people picked that. Um, obviously, the Bundesliga is a very competitive league outside of Bayern. Uh, so to get to those top four spots, are going to be very, it's going to be a very back-and-forth battle. Um, and lastly, outside the top four, got the, mo- the least amount of votes, and that was uh, 9%. So most people- I think we got some Dortmund fans voting for that one. Yeah, I think so too. They're so bitter about their loss to Hoffenheim at the end of the season. Whoops, sorry, Curdy. <laughs> uh, so you see, seeing the results there uh, on the Twitter poll, uh, what are your predictions for Schalke this upcoming season? Yeah, this is a this is a tough question. I think uh, for Schalke, the goal obviously has to be to repeat uh, getting a Champions League spot. Yes, it's going to be more one. difficult given the additional drain on resources. Uh, that will come as a result of the Champions League. Uh, you know, injuries pop up, fatigue. Having to navigate that is always, always tough. And it'll it'll be interesting to see how Tedesco prioritizes that. You know, if we ever have um, Champions League matches that are coming right before important Bundesliga fixtures, you know, how he adjusts the team and whether or not he's putting more emphasis on that those Bundesliga matches or on those Champions League spots. Um, I think we have some decent depth to be able to contend of the Champions League. I don't know if our talent is there, though, to really do anything. Um, so, I, I mean, I feel decent about the kind of squad rotation we might be capable of, for the most part, to cover these, but uh, personally, I don't expect us to do a whole lot in the Champions League, and so I think, for me, the priority has to be uh, trying to lock up another cha- uh, qualifying spot, at least, in in the Bundesliga. It's so important for you know just the financial aspect and obviously the, the global awareness of the club. Uh, I think Schalke should be a Champions League team year in, year out. Uh, and it's been unfortunate that we haven't been for the last couple of years. So very glad to be back in that competition. And uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, 25% for Bundesliga champions is very optimistic for me. I don't, I don't really see that happening. Anyone... Uh, challenging Bayern's grip on this league, but hey, you know, with the new manager, uh, not that I'm not a fan of Nico Kovac or anything, but maybe 
maybe some things will get shaken up at Bayern and and and, and that could change. What are your thoughts? So you're you're going to go with uh, with the majority of the people and saying that they, you they think they're going to get a Champions League spot. I think they will, okay. and and I think that's really the only goal that we really need to have. That is, uh, yeah, this I year. agree. That should be the main goal for sure. Yeah. Um, so what do I think? I I am I am one of the optimistic ones. Um, I you know yes, Shaka did were lucky in that they got second place last year because a lot of favorable favorable results went their way. They got a lot of penalties. They scored a lot of set set piece goals. Um, and the fact that you know, despite them not scoring many goals, they still found out to you know eke out games every week. It was heart attack, heart attack alley every week. Um, so I, I thought it, it was deserved, but it was a little bit of a flattering result for us. But I think you know, going into a second season with Tedesco, the team will at least do the same, if not better. Um, so I think second place is a for sh- not a for sure, but it's it's high probability. Um, but I love the signings that were made uh, in the summer. I like the depth that we got. Like you alluded to, we're going to have many games when we're playing this year, and rotation is going to be a must. And with the depth that we brought in, it should keep guys fresh. And if, if we focus on the Bundesliga, which I think we should, um, I think if you had to rank them in order of most likely to uh, – let's see, most likely that I would want to see, I would rank Bundesliga first because you want to get the Champions League spot. Uh, DFB Pokal because the chance in of the chance of winning is is better there than it would be Champions League. Um, I don't think we're going to do well in Champions League. Uh, I would love to see a surprise and, and go to the semifinals like they did in back in what, the 2012, 13, or whatever. Um, but I don't think you know that's going to that's a very low probability there. So I think they should focus on the Bundesliga and definitely securing that Champions League spot. So with that said, like I said, I love the depth and I think because kind of what you alluded to, Bayern. Byron, our juggernaut, knows no doubt about it. However, we've seen in the past when the, you don't have the right manager who can handle egos that can have a negative and adverse effect on the team. Uh, the team did not respond well to Carlo Ancelotti last the beginning of last season, and as a result, the team Byron dropped out of you know dropped out of first. And for a while, it was you know Chaka and 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 Dortmund and other teams uh, vying for the top spot before they got um, for. Uh, you Heinkes came in and, and steered the ship, and they, and they went on to blow away the league. I think I love Kovac, just like you do. Um, what he did at Eintracht Frankfurt was amazing. Uh, I just love his spirit and, 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 and the guys he had, the talent. Eintracht had as a good team, but what he did with them, he just pushed them over the top. I don't know. You know, Eintracht has a, their egos aren't that great, other than maybe Kevin Prince Boateng. There wasn't really a big ego on that team. To my knowledge, I mean, the hate, the hate Eintracht Frankfurt boys could probably uh, talk about that more. But um, going into Bayern, it's a different animal. You know, you have to need know how to handle big egos. Any team like Bayern, Real Madrid, Barcelona, teams with big personalities, you got to know how to handle that. I don't know enough about Kovac to say that he can handle those. And because of that, I think Bayern will falter. Um, you know, if they stick with him, I think they will falter enough that they're not going to repeat as champions. And it could be open to whoever has a great campaign. I love our depth, and I'm going to be very, very optimistic and say, you know, if we focus on the Bundesliga, we may get a surprise. If we, if we play very, very well, we can't do what we did last year. We have to do better than we did last year and get much, much more goals. I think we will become champions. I'm going to put that on the record. <laughs> so, I mean, I love the optimism, and I understand what you're saying. For me, the key Screw point you. That you, okay. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the key point that you brought up, though, was uh, – the fact that we overachieved last year, and I think you and I would both agree that we did. Yes. Uh, the question for me is is how much did we overachieve? Um, and I think when we specifically talk about the goals that we scored, and this is something I harped on consistently last year, is 
we scored so many goals from from set pieces, from corner kicks, from free kicks, from from penalties that we converted like I think a hundred percent of last year. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff you cannot bank on replicating that. Correct. This season, is it possible that we will? I, I guess so. And you know, with the addition of uh, Salif Sana, you like our chances, you know, on aerials and everything. <laughs> but um, they have to get better in other areas. And I think, even though we've strengthened the squad, and I like the squad that we have this year better than last year, um, if we got lucky to some extent, you know, maybe we should have finished fourth, fifth, seventh last year. And now, you know, if if those weird things that happened for us last year kind of come back to earth. Maybe with the additional signings, we'll only end up where we were last year. You know what I mean? Um, so, it, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit less optimistic than you, but uh, you know, I've I have a lot of faith in Tedesco, and, and I do like the moves that we've made. So, anything's possible, and that's what's beautiful about the beginning of a new campaign, right? Uh, anything's possible, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, at the very minimum, I'm hoping that we get the Champions League spot. Absolutely, but I'm going to be very optimistic and, and say we will get that, and then I'm going to put on record say we're going to win. I, and just just so everyone knows that twenty six percent I voted like twenty times. So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, very good. So uh, we still got a couple of weeks away before the first official game, and we'll get to that. We'll have a pod before that that game, so we can talk about it. Um, anything else is on your mind before we close this one out? Not really. It's it's great to be back in saddle with you. Yeah, we can shake off that rust, so we can be in fine form once the season starts, right? Yep. All right, very good. All right, well, keep tuning in each week as we will bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke, Bundesliga Fanatic, and the Bundesliga for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at SF4 underscore podcast. Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? Uh, the Kings of Europe podcast, apparently. Uh, I'm in the- <laughs> Jokes aside, no, yeah, uh, Critty Smith has had me on that on that program a number of times uh, over this break. So uh, be sure to ch- tune into that, um, regardless of whether or not I'm on there. It's a good, it's a good program. Um, you can find me at J M Mangan on Twitter, J M M A N G A N. Looking forward to getting back into the Schalke conversation once we gear up towards the season here. So I'll see you there. Uh, and you've also been on, uh, you've had, you've been, I think, on Tyler Dunn's show a little bit this summer too, right? Uh, I don't think I, I hung out with season. Tyler at all. No, I made an appearance. Um, so Adam Bell's uh, Zleb Mater on Twitter, who does the Scuffed podcast, which is a phenomenal uh, U.S. men's national team podcast yes. for any of our American listeners out there. Um, he did a Bundesliga preview. Uh, kind of talking about the American talents that are at various German clubs and what their chances are and their their prospects are for the upcoming season. So he had um, some great people on from a number of different uh, podcasts about different clubs. Uh, he had me on to talk about Schalke. So we were talking about Weston McKinney, Haji Wright, uh, Nick Tytog, um, Zion Jones. Uh, so definitely go give give that a listen if that's something uh, probably more of our American listeners would care about that. But uh, you can you can see what I had to say there. Uh, um, and, and that's obviously a phenomenal program as well, so check that out too. Yeah, that's, that's great stuff, absolutely. Um, you should definitely check out all those podcasts that Jack mentioned because uh, it's some quality listening there. And um, I know you guys are already following Jack, but uh, get some other people to follow him too as well. And me too, why not? Um, once again, I am your host, Richard Carmen, and you can find me on Twitter as well at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, I will also be joining the Kings of Europe podcast this upcoming week uh, with Curtis Smith and the gang, and so I look forward to that. I've also been on with Jack. Also, we had a bunch of um, World Cup previews, uh, 
going over those games uh, with Critty and uh, and the gang. And so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to joining a bunch of podcasts this summer, this this year coming up, and uh, should be fun times. Um, and to uh, we got Wayne Rooney now here in DC, <laughs> so I, have, I got my, I got myself season tickets to DC United. So I've done a couple articles on that as well. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm just expanding all around, expanding with the quality. Yeah, check out some of Richard's. Writing for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, until the next pod comes, Manaloita, stay ready, and we will be with you soon. Yes.